Welcome to the Vineyard Northridge Weekly Sermon Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker, Dennis Kozloff. For more information about our church, visit our website at vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge. That's right. Good morning, church. Wonderful to see you. I hope I haven't unlearned how to speak to real people. Because last three or four messages I spoke at this church, it was at the lens of the camera, and Wes made me like freeze and like glue myself to the table. It was, it was a test for both Neil and me. The first time Neil did it, he looked like he's a, I told him, Neil, I got to be honest, you look like a funeral house director. <laughs> it wasn't the message. Then he got better and better and better. And then he finally came to me and said, I don't need people anymore. I said, No. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. Well, anyway, it's been a while, so it's nice to see, you know, faces. It's nice to hear voices. It's a wonderful, wonderful thing to worship together, isn't it? Amen. Amen. That's, that's just great. Well, anyway, today I want to talk to you about something. And I had one of the most difficult weekend, personally, in years, probably. So that must be good. Usually, you know, stuff like that happens when you're supposed to do something God wants you to do. I want to talk to you about what I called the most precious achievement in your lifetime that you can ever get to. And it's a friendship with God. Friendship with God. That's what I'm going to talk about. And I'll start with the scripture, James 2, 23. And Wes gave me permission to speak actually using my computer instead of my tablet. Last time I had a problem with my tablet. So the scripture I'll start with is James 2.23, and it's a bigger context, but I'll just read this verse first. And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. And listen to this very short but super important piece. And he was called a friend of God. The scripture testifies that a man living on this earth, just like you and me, got to the point when he was called a friend of God. And you know what? It's amazing. This is the amazing truth of the scripture. Personal friendship with God, with God of the universe, with the creator of all galaxies. Personal friendship with him is possible for you and me. Just to stop and think about it would be probably enough to dismiss you right now. You know how like Apostle John, they say at the end of his ministry when he was an old man with like gray hair and people were like anticipating words from him. He would come and say, children, love one another and believe. I feel like doing the same now. Just, just this in itself, friendship with God, according to the Bible, is possible for you and me. And several people in the Bible are called, actually called, testified as friends of God. In the Old Testament, uh, two names that come to mind is Moses and Abraham. Abraham, the very first one. So there's a lot of things that we can learn studying the life of Abraham. What happened? How did he develop this life that he got to this point. Moses, one of them. At the end of his ministry, Jesus turned to his disciples and said, Remember I told you 
how you should go and say we're worthless servants, we're just slaves, we're worth nothing. I tell you now different. I don't call you slaves anymore. I call you friends. All right? So, Moses, I mean, uh, Abraham responded to God's call and started his journey of trusting God and following him in a very practical way. And he ultimately became a personal friend of God. There was a long journey before us. You know, it takes a split second to become a child of God. And this should be and remain our basis for the life. It takes to receive Jesus, to say yes to Him, to say, I surrender, I give my life, come into my life. You become a child of God just like that. It takes years to become a friend of God. You know, friendship is something that God created. And everything that God created has intrinsic laws in it that you need to understand. So a friendship to fully develop, to form, to shape, to develop, to grow, to bear fruit, there are no shortcuts there. You know, how old are you? How old am I? These are the number of circles around the sun that you made on this earth. You know, it takes at least three to five circles around the sun with someone before you can call him a friend. Really friend. I know, I know semantics, language, it's all relative. We call everybody friend. Everybody calls everybody friend, especially in America, especially middle class white Americans. They're all nice. And you call everybody friend, but that's not true biblically. If you're talking about the friendship that I'm talking about, no, that's not true. That's a false concept. You don't have many friends. There are no such thing as many friends. I'm sorry. There are many friendly acquaintances of yours. There are many good, friendly people. And you're friendly, I believe, most of the times. And I'm friendly, but this is not the friendship we're talking about. You got that, I hope, right? You're, you're old enough to talk about those things. You can take it. You're a big boy, Neil. <laughs> it's, it's someone that belongs to a small circle of trust. Someone who can enjoy direct access. Someone who can pull up the phone and dial even after midnight. That's a real good friend. Someone who can receive or deliver confidential information without being afraid that it will be violated. That's a friend. Here's the good news. Friendship with God is possible. And here's even a better news. God wants this kind of friendship with you more than you want it. Derek believes that. <laughs> I heard amen from that corner. All right, so that's a good news. Here comes the bad news. It, it doesn't come without a price tag attached. I'm sorry. Just like I told you, there are no shortcuts. You can do it quickly. There's not instant coffee friendship. There's no such thing. There's no microwave version of friendship on both sides. It takes two people. It takes desire. It takes intention. It takes focus. It takes determination. It takes a lot of inconveniences. So if you're, if you're not ready for inconveniences, 
it's not going to work for you. Any kind of good friendship is a fruit. And if you trace it back, you'll see a lot of inconvenient and awkward moments there that were overcome. A lot of sacrifices. All right. That's enough. So we agree that although we call everybody a friend, that's not a really uh, a biblical sense of a friend. Actually, there is a verse in the Bible I found, it, Proverbs 18, 24. It says, a man with many friends may be harmed, but there is a friend, one, <laughs> who stays closer than a brother. It says that you can develop relationship with someone that would be actually deeper closer, more profound than your natural blood-based, genetic-based relationship. Do you believe that? I never stop believing that. Even if you're like 60 years old and you don't have a real friend, it's all right. It's still possible because the Bible tells me so, all right? So, and even if you don't find a friend among mortals like you are, God wants to be a friend like that for you. You hear me? All right. Am I again turning into a rude Russian? No? You tell me. Give me some signal. Say pineapple, pineapple. That'll be a code word. Pineapple. <laughs> Let me so too. Calm down, Russian. Calm down. You're too much. You're too much. We're nice. We're friendly. We're fluffy. All right. So it's not going to be an exhaustive list, but I will point three essential things without which it's not going to happen in your life. But the good thing is, if you make sure those things happen, those things take place, true, profound friendship with God can form and develop in your life. And you can get to this most precious achievement in your life. And you can be called a friend of God. You know, it's so cool when the heaven recognizes you as a personal friend of God. I'm not talking about people. I'm not talking about... Christian bumper stickers screaming, what you believe? What's your opinion? No, I'm talking about heaven and hell recognizing this man or this woman as a personal friend of God. Remember, some people tried to cast out some demons and those demons said, hey, we know Paul, we know Jesus, and we know Paul, we don't know who you are. Angels can do the same thing, you know. Demons can do the same thing. Because it's real. All right? Nobody said pineapple. Yeah, that's good. All right, so the very first one, and this is the basis of basis, is trust. Trust. There's no friendship possible without mutual trust. It all starts with trust, and it's ruined by violating the trust. Trust, trust, trust. Trust. In fact, a lot of times the words that the Bible translates as believe is, can also be translated as trusting. Trust. How can you trust someone to guide you, to lead you, if you don't trust his goodness to you? That's the root problem for any problems that people can have with God. That's the number one target of the enemy to attack, to destroy your ability to see the goodness of God. That's the basis of all dead religion, to tell you that God is not good enough 
Because he keeps telling you that you're not good enough. That's why Neil and I, we're like broken record in this church. And I'm so glad that you're here. Keep coming here. Because Neil and I, we're like broken record. We keep telling you that God is good. God is good. God is good. His goodness is not based on your behavior. It's not about your achievements. It's not about your performance. He's good in himself. He is Trinity. That's why we all need revelation of the goodness of God that has been manifested in Christ Jesus. You know, I used, to be, I used to be puzzled by the concept of Trinity years ago. Even when I went to a seminary, I thought, like, everybody says it's so important. Nobody can explain to me why it's so important. But if you try to doubt it, they will tell you you're a heretic. You know why today I can preach about Trinity? Because the Trinity, it's, it's, it's a mystery that is hard to put into words. But it tells you something. It tells you that God doesn't need you. He wants you. God doesn't need anyone. He hasn't ever needed anyone. We said, oh, the overwhelming love of God, that love never began. It always existed within Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they had a most amazing relationship, harmonious relationship of love between each other. And God's goodness is so rich that He decided to extend it. That's why he created you and me as a vessel to receive this love, to become a participant of this love, to join in for eternity. You didn't do anything to start it. You can't do anything to end it. That's the goodness of God. He loves you with the love that he loves his son, Jesus Christ. When he looks at you, he basically feels the same thing what he feels when he looks at Jesus. Trust based on goodness. And you know what? He knows us better than we do know ourselves, yet he chooses to trust you. I can release you right now again. Seriously, just think about it. You don't trust yourself. He does. He trusts you. How in the world... It hit me like a ton of bricks when I began to think about it. That he trusts me. I don't trust myself. I only lived like 46 years on this earth. And I, <laughs> I totally violated my own trust. He trusts me. So his goodness is the basis. Then you begin to follow a practical, in a very practical way, his guidance, his leading. So the trust is the very beginning, the basis of true friendship with anyone, any human actually but also with God. And the next one is listen. There's no friendship without listening. No friendship without listening. My wife and I, we talk a lot, and she, she tells me about this person that she knows, and that person is very talkative, and all that person talks about is this person. <laughs> And everything that she does and everything that happens to her life and everything that happens in her family life. And if, all the time. Do you think my wife and this person are real good friends? No. But this person probably thinks they are. Well, be honest with yourself. When you develop your relationship with God, it's not about you talking all the time. It's about taking time and space to talk 
to engage in a courageous conversation, sometimes uncomfortable conversations. You have to have uncomfortable conversations with your good friends. You have to ask uncomfortable questions. You have to express your sincere, genuine feelings. And you are to be able to receive the same from the other side. There's no friendship without it. There's no quality to relationship without it. So, and it's a long process, as I told you. There's no shortcuts. So you have to create a space and time when you meet to talk and to listen. And I'm so glad you're part of this church because it's one of the biggest, strongest beliefs that Neil and I have that it's possible to develop personal relationship with God and it's possible to hear Him in a very practical way. You know, Neil knows a lot of, he, he has well, a lot of techniques to kind of learn to hone your senses, to register what God is doing in your life. What is He saying? What is He doing? What is He leading you? Journaling is one of the things. A lot of things are available. You can talk to Neil personally. You can listen to some of the previously released messages about it, and you will hear it in the future. But listen is so important, listening. If you haven't started a journal with God, start it. Please start it. Not a single serious relationship with God has gone by without somebody reflecting, recording, meditating, and building further based on what they covered. The book of Psalms, the, the most wonderful book of personal relationship with God in the Bible, is basically David's journal. Have you thought about it? So I'm not going to promote this point very much. So trust, listen, and fix my computer. No. <laughs> I'm going to read another scripture in relation to this point. John 15, 15. No longer, and I already mentioned it today, no longer, Jesus said to his disciples, I call you servants. Listen, here's the fundamental difference between a servant and a friend. Because servant does not know his master's business. He does not know. Instead, I have called you friends for, listen, for everything, everything, everything that I've learned from my father, I have made known to you. That, that was his desire towards his disciples. That's his desire towards you. He wants to convey to you every single mystery of the universe he has received from the Father. In relation to life, in relation to world, in relation to other people, to your life, to, to the purpose of your life. Do you believe that? Amen. And he does it in, in the context of personal interaction that takes time and space listening to him <clears throat> and the final final one the essential one without which it is not absolutely not possible to have genuine friendship with God is obey you know it's a rare thing to really form shape and develop genuine friendship with someone it's it's even more rare throughout the history of human beings for someone to develop a relationship with a high-rank politician or a king. I actually recently 
studied some, some history of Russia. And there was a Russian Tsar, Alexander, the one who won the war with Napoleon. And as he came to power, he developed several very close friendships with several people. And it was amazing for me to read about those relationships. And you know, here's the thing. You are in the same position. You are invited to the royal court, not just to be a subject, but to develop a friendship with the king. And if you're successful and you develop a friendship with the king, it doesn't cancel his kingship. Not only so, you become the most passionate subject of his. Because you just don't do things because I told you so, but because you understand his heart. You understand his intention. You understand his goodness. So you want to become his, uh, his representative, his expression, the carrier of his will, the herald of his will, the one who executes his will because you know this will is good, perfect, pleasant. Can I hear an amen to that? Amen. All right. So basically, I, I told you everything I wanted to tell you, friends. There's a good news. You can become a child of God, and it takes a split second. If you're not sure you're a child of God, come to see Neil or me or any of the uh, ministers in this church, any ministry team members. We'll make sure you receive Jesus, you receive the life of God, you become a child of God. But then the process begins when you not only grow organically to grow up as a mature child of God, but also to reach this most precious, highest achievement that is possible on this earth. To become a friend of God and you do it through trust you do it through learning how to listen to him and you do it by going ahead and obeying him in a very practical way faith without works is dead don't let your inner legalist to wake up and say give me the list of things to do to validate that my faith is real that shows that you don't have revelation of the gospel the goodness of God is still not known to you fully. You need to pray to receive the revelation of the gospel, of who Christ Jesus is and what he has done. And then you will not be trying to add works to your faith. You actually let your faith arise and be manifested and flowing out. You will be able to pour out your life on other people. Jesus said there is no bigger love than if someone would lay down his life for his friends. So you become his friend. And even if these people around you are not your friends yet, you know he wants them to be their, his friends. And you would be able to pour out yourself for that. Mark last week pointed out to the universal problem that we all have, self-centeredness, self-absorption. We all agree. We all know it. We can be, we can be something else, right? Every time you try to set yourself free from yourself by yourself, you reinforce yourself. You need to see something bigger, something greater, something way more beautiful than you are or anybody else in this world to be set free from this self-centeredness to get this freedom to love to love him to know him and to love others
Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this message. For more information about our church, visit vineyardnorthridge.org or find us on social media at Vineyard Northridge.